You're listening to the Million Dollar Sellers Podcast with your host, Nick Shuquette. Today's show features another amazing entrepreneur who has found success online. Now, let's learn what it takes to be a million dollar seller. Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to the Million Dollar Sellers Podcast. Today, we have Leslie Pearson on the show. Uh, Leslie, where are you calling in today from? I'm in Seattle. Nice. How long have you been there? Oh, gosh. I, this is the longest I've ever lived anywhere. So it's almost 21 years, 20 years. Oh, okay. Long time. Wow. Yeah. You must, uh, must yeah. like it up there. Where were you before? Yeah. Um, prior to that, I was actually, uh, before that I was in, in Memphis just for a short time for grad school. But before that I was an English teacher abroad. So I lived abroad for eight years ish. Oh, wow. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't yeah. It was fun. Oh my gosh. That was one of the best things I ever did. Thank goodness. I, I did it when I was super young. It'd be hard to do now, but it's great. Nice. Okay. And uh, let's see, let's get to know you a little bit more. You've been, uh, you joined MDS in November of 2020, right? Exactly. Nice. And uh, you've also got, I believe you've got a son that is also a million dollar seller. Is that accurate? He is, he is, (laughs) but I work for him. So technically uh, he's my boss. Yeah. Joke the other day, uh, he had a card, a new card game idea. And I said, well, do you want, I I can help you test it anytime, you know, just let me know. He's like, I know mom, you work for me. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. Right. All right. Yeah, yeah, I do technically. Yes. So yes, he is. Uh, Man, that that is uh, that's so amazing. We'll have to see if we can get him on the show sometime too. <laughs> yeah, well, he cool. is gonna turn eleven, and he's prone to embarrassment yeah. these days. I uh-huh. hate seeing that new new phase of life where you're a little more self conscious, as opposed to he was seven when he created the game. That is okay. the reason that he's the million dollar seller too. <laughs> nice. And do you have any other kids, or is it just, just- no? This one. Thank goodness, because that would really be messed up to have one kid who uh, sold millions of dollars worth of a game, and the other kid is like, "Oh, I didn't do anything." Yeah, so, yeah, no, that would we be just a tough sibling rival rivalry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that other kid would need a lot of therapy. Not that Alex won't need a lot of therapy, but uh, <laughs> he'd be walking around with that million dollar seller's card in his pocket all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, why don't, uh, why don't you talk to us a little bit about, you know, the company that you created, you were on shark tank, which is amazing. Like go check out Leslie's so shark tank episode. Uh, it's, it's a really cool one. Uh, why don't you like, just, just tell us yeah. how did you end up there? And, but, but I also yeah. want to know, like, how did you get started in your entrepreneurial right. journey? Right. Yeah. So, um, I mentioned that I had been in Memphis, so I, finished a degree, my my graduate degree in information systems. So I worked in the tech field for a while um, at Intel and some other places. And I loved it. I love the before and after, creating, you know, creating systems and things. Um, But I kind of overworked for everyone else when I worked any job. So I decided I wanted to do something on my own. Um, and right around that time I became a consultant. And so I had a lot of flexibility in my schedule and I was always a product person. I liked creating things. And, uh, I started making a line of like magnetic tins. This was in 2003 ish. So there really wasn't a lot of opportunities to sell online as much at that time. And, you know, it wasn't a super creative product. So I, and I also realized I did it with a friend that we were going to have to make a lot of money for it to be our full-time job. So I decided to try my own thing, which was, uh, something like something that was called stickers. Um, we, our tagline was add your stick to your stuff. <laughs> and we made a line of decals and skins for laptops. So we did a lot of corporate work. So we would do things for like Microsoft or, you know, Bacardi or whatever, if they wanted to outfit their laptops and things. And so that kind of grew organically for about five years. 
And it was amazing. It was just like a great small lifestyle business. It was just great. And then I had my son and I looked, took my foot off the gas and I just started to see it go down and down. And a whole bunch of people came in the space and did it way better than me. They had licensing, they had all the stuff. And so I just kind of lost my passion for that. And I realized I kind of have a five-year lifespan on my passion for a project. So okay. it kind of came down. And then um, in 2015, my son was five or four-ish and um, he was bringing home all this artwork and I wanted to hang it up and I needed to find a better way to hang it up because I hated tape because it ruined, it was always on that crappy cardstock, you know, you know, you have kids like that crappy cardstock that has like, you know, it's just got, you, you put tape on it and just rips it off on the yeah. corners and and I just wanted to be able to change it out. I wanted to really feature his artwork. It was terrible artwork, of course, because he was a child, but I <laughs> loved it all. So, and our fridge was covered. So I was like, well, I want to figure out a way to hang this on the wall. So I knew a little bit about adhesives. I knew a little bit about magnets and I knew a little bit about a number of things. So I decided to try to figure it out. And that's when I came up with Good Hangups, which is a magnetic hanging solution. and. At the time when I came up with it, I realized I didn't want to do what I did with stickers, which is grow organically and then have somebody, you know, do what I do just as, you know, as do it better than I did it. And at the time, I didn't know if I would get patents. So I thought, well, I better go fast. I better go big and go fast so that I put the line in the sand that I was the one who created it before someone else just knocks it off. Yeah. Luckily, I got patents, so that wasn't as big of a concern. But when I did did um, uh, Shark Tank, it was out of that like oh, I got to show that I did it. Like I was the one. <laughs> so um, it, it had an interesting approach. So we we did a Kickstarter for that product line, and then I always have had trouble with marketing. I didn't. I wasn't selling on Amazon, so I didn't realize what the huge benefit of having such a big marketplace was. Um, and then I did a contest on the Today Show, which was called Today's Next Big Thing. That was a fluke. I would I would usually drink wine and fill out forms online. Like if there was a form for Target, I would fill it out. If there was a form for anything, and I filled out a form for QVC thinking I was submitting the product. I didn't even know how QVC worked. And I got a email that had Al Roker's face on it. And it was like, you just entered today's next big thing. And I was a little drunk, so I didn't think anything of it. And then two weeks later, they were like, you need to come enter this contest. And uh, I'm like, sounds good to me. I don't know what I'm doing, but it was fun. So so from that, I got used to doing TV because we won that contest and then started doing QVC. And so... I got comfortable on TV and got comfortable with the fact that you just have to be yourself and quirky works on TV. So, um, and then when the opportunity to apply for Shark Tank, again, I had applied before and never gotten accepted. And so I applied again through an open casting call and then I ended up getting on the show and it was a blast. Do you watch the show? I have. Yeah. I don't watch it like super yeah. regularly, but we go through yeah. like phases where we watch it often. But when you mentioned it in the group, I did me and my wife yeah. both watched your show. I had so much fun. I hope it came across that way. Cause I, I'd watched every episode. I, I was a super fan of the show. Like I just really enjoyed just the way they have the st show structured. I even watched the the Canadian one and the British one, which were dragons Den and, um, so yeah, so I was just like so psyched to be there. I was like, I feel like I had such a good episode because I kind of looked like a happy puppy dog and no one wants to kill the happy puppy right. dog. You know, I'm like, huh, huh, I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> so it was great. It was a really good time. Yeah, that's awesome. That's such a good story. I mean, you just, you start out from being, you know, a mom who just wants to display her child's terrible artwork. We all yeah. can relate to having <laughs> totally. got, And you know what? I still save it. Like when I take it off the fridge, oh, totally. I still like put it somewhere else and hoard it. 
you know, for some. Yep, we've got bins at home, like it bins in the garage of it by year, like of the terrible artwork. Yeah, there's we'll something satisfying. Again, about <laughs> there's something it. great. Knowing, yeah. <laughs> I know. Knowing that your kid so was true. thinking about you at some point and writing that, drawing it up yeah. and bringing it home all excited to you. Um, you know, and then you get to the point where you're filling out, you create the product and you're filling out these forms, gets you on the, you said it was the today show, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They ran a contest called, yeah. Today's next big thing was the name of the show uh, or of these segments. And it was so uncomfortable. It was so nerve wracking. I actually had to go on anti-anxiety medication because I, (laughs) I'd never done television before. And I thought I would, I just kept having dreams that I was going to trip and be naked. And then like, just knock everything over and damage the whole concept of the product. But, um, but in the end, and they were also part of the contest was you presented and then America voted. So it was really vulnerable to think that everyone could just tell me my idea was terrible. Like, you know, (laughs) but in the end it went great. And then I got more comfortable with the, you know, you feel discomfort with anything you do the first time. Right. Like, uh, you know, I never read this book, but, there was a book that I love the title of and I have it. I never read it, but it was called feel the fear and do it anyway. And the thing on the back just said, if you've never done something before and you're doing it for the first time and it has any risk associated with it, you're going to have anxiety. You're going to be nervous. You just got to feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. So that's kind of what I started to do. I like the tagline. Yeah. It says a lot. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That's great. Uh, well, props to you for, for pushing through it. Uh, you know, did you already, did you see yourself like as a young kid, did you see yourself doing stuff like this or wish you would do stuff like this? Oh gosh. You know, no, I don't think so. I don't know that I had a perception of myself when I was little. Um, I've always been crafty though. Like I like to make things like in my early thirties, I made, (laughs) you know, before Build-A-Bear happened, you know, like the big Build-A-Bear. Yeah. Company that made the voice boxes used to sell them before they got the big build a bear contract. And I used to buy them and then I would record like run DMC on them or something <laughs> and then stick them in a stuffed animal and then give them to friends. And like it was my, I really enjoyed that whole, you know, obviously licensing, not a problem because I'm not selling it. But, uh, you know, I've always been crafty. I like to make things. So, you know, I didn't really see myself being an entrepreneur, but it, it made more sense as I got older, when I realized how I'm a, I'm an all in person. Like when I work a job, I'm all in like, and that was what I was doing with bigger, you know, with the, when I was in systems and it, I would work two people's worth of work and that's how I work. And then when you're supposed to coast after you've implemented a system and you should really take easy and work here maybe 35 hours a week versus 80 I'd get bored and I'd leave and then I had nothing to show for it they got two people's worth of work out of me and then I'm gone so great for them but I have nothing to show for it so that's when I wanted to own it myself I think it was that experience that made me want to find a way to own my own experience so if I overwork it's on me but I own the results yeah, that's that's cool that uh you know you've just been able to identify that within yourself and now you're in this position where like you know you can do systems and processes for 3 months yeah, and then when you right. when you come out of the water you can look at something else in your business and you can focus on that and and it'll keep you entertained and excited. Um I kind of feel the same way like I I go through phases like that as well where it's kind of like it's kind of tough to pin down like one yeah. thing I think I'm good at, right? Like people ask in an MDS, you'll hear people ask you that yeah. kind of often, like, what is one thing you're really good at? And I'm like, well, you know, I don't, I don't really know the one thing I can think of a couple things, but do you have one or two or a few things you think mm. you're, you're really good at? I don't know. I mean, I love certain things. Like I love product development. Okay. I love that, you know, anything related to solving problems through product development. I love it. Um, yeah. And that, that would probably be it. I like to develop something, a concept. I like to take an idea and bring it to fruition, whatever, whatever it may be, but, but I can totally 
believe that you have a million things because in MDS, you are always <laughs> bringing so much value in everything that you post. Like I just, I, I constantly have this thought of like, could I go and just hang out with him and just <laughs> ma just just watch what he does every day because I could learn so much just watching what he does. <laughs> well, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. It's uh, you know, I've sometimes I'm amazed at just like how much information some people and you know myself included can consume and yeah. just you know when you're working for yourself and you're excited about it and um, it's just amazing what people can accomplish when they just. Uh, just keep going, you know, and, and, totally and not true. let those setbacks totally get in your way. Uh, yeah. So what do you find yourself doing most of at, at the moment? Well, what's, what's Leslie working oh, on now? Well, well, right now we're onboarding a new operations manager. So we run the business very lean. Like okay. I'm not, I mean, I, I'm so impressed with the, a lot of people in MDS who've grown, you know, to quite large sizes with, you know, with a huge teams. And I've never been the best manager. Uh, I'm, I'm a great manager of rock stars who need no management, yeah. but I'm not the best at people development and managing people in general. And I, I have in the past hired more junior and not handed off a lot and kept a lot on my plate. And I'd like to transition. I'm 51. So I would like a little more time with the family and travel now that we're all vaccinated and like yeah. thinking about like what's possible in the world. I, I, it's a good time to think about stepping away. So I recently onboarded an operations manager. So right now my, my job is a lot around, my work is right a lot around getting, setting him up to really run the day to day. He comes in with a lot of Amazon experience, which is great. And so a lot of it is just that handoff so that then we can do a lot of game development. Alex has more ideas that we want to keep working on. And, and that tends to get put aside for the, you know, the day-to-day -day things. And so I'm trying to move, we're doing EOS. So we're trying, okay. I'm trying to move into more of the visionary role. And it's hard for me because I like a lot of the, I like the nitty gritty of some of the things. So I'm trying to find a balance there. Yeah, that's interesting, you know, and, and it kind of goes back to like what I was saying about having a hard time identifying stuff. But like with EOS, the entrepreneur's operating system, yeah. we'll talk about the visionaries, which are the idea people uh, like to uh, go after different projects and they get bored easily. Then you have the integrators who are usually the systems and processes and the operators. Um but it sounds like you've kind of fit into both of those roles and can That's be pretty dynamic <laughs> when it comes to that. I like both. I like aspects of it, but then I have a lot of blind spots, you know, okay. because I like, I like certain parts of both, you know, I love the visionary role, but I also, you know, when there's just a, you know, somebody in MDS will post something about like something to dig into that you can learn so much from. I want to do it. Like I enjoy that process of like learning ways to optimize things. And because yeah. I was also partly a process engineer before when I worked at, um, at Intel for when I was in Intel capital, but like that was, I just enjoy optimizing things. And, uh, so yeah, so I think there's always going to be a part. So I actually, we have a, a EOS implementer who, um, runs our L10 meetings, which is one of the big meetings that, um, is part of the, EOS system. And, uh, and she's kind of helping me with that. How do I move into more of a visionary set people up for success, but still keep my hands on the things that I feel like I can add value to? Yeah. I'm curious. Has she said anything like, has she said, Oh, there's a lot of, a lot of people out there I work with who kind of fit into these different roles or does she see you as clearly being one, uh, in one role? No, she sees my challenge because, okay. you know, she sees that I like some aspects of it. And, you know, we, like I said, we're, we're really lean. We only have two employees right now. So it's the operations manager and a, and a graphic designer, not okay. common for people to do, you know, usually you've got a good, you know, at least a few other people within that. But, um, but because we're so lean, it's, you know, it's one of those things where, and we keep it simple. The business is very simple, especially the game business. It, it, 
all Amazon. We have very few SKUs. We don't launch a lot of products. So we can keep it pretty simple. Okay. And um, and I like that. But yeah, she sees my challenge because she can see how I light up about certain things um, that relate to more of the integrator type role. And then, you know, then there's then there's the visionary stuff that it has to be me because that's what I love. And, and especially on the game side for my son's game, they all come, the ideas come from him and we work through them together, but we're not going to develop a hundred games and get a game designer in to develop it. If he wants to do that, when he takes over the business, when he's 18 or whatever, (laughs) that's great. He can do that. But uh, you know, for now it's really just a family business. So. Well, I think that's cool that you've, it kind of seems like you landed in a niche that fits you perfectly because you can have these cool ideas. Your son can have these cool ideas. You can help him develop those. But then like the, I I imagine creating a game like that takes a while. Like you probably have to dig in and, you know, come up with all these different things that can happen and variables. And that's definitely you know, it takes a special person, I think, to be able to focus on that for that long, stay excited well, about it and make it happen. Yeah. I will say that Alex does all of the game mechanics, all the gameplay, all of the stuff. I am really just like helping him get the graphics and the, okay. and the cards. I, I do the logistics behind the scenes and then I play test a ton with him. But nice. he comes in these things with his full idea. I'm like, we play a lot of games as a family. I played chess with him this morning. He beat me way too fast and that was really (laughs) painful, but we play games daily, right? We play games all the time. So we're a game family. So he's got all these mechanics in his head and he just figures out what will work really well together. I do not know how he does it. Like it's amazing. But um, so then I do the extra part that makes it like an actual game that other people can play versus our play at home cards. We actually have some, Alex is working on another game here that we have just like an upgrade card that he created. So we'll play with this type of thing for a long time until the game really works. And then we'll nice. develop out the cards. So it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it's just a great way to spend time with your kid. You now it's like, it's a joy. And my husband loves it too. So he he's often the person who comes in without as much knowledge about the game we just were working on and then can give really good input because he's not too close to it. Nice. That's super cool. I, I like the process you guys have going on and just how, you know, family involved it is. Um, yeah. you know, I think any family can feel and identify how special that that really is. Do you guys feel like there's Anything you did specifically as parents, like raising your son that kind of helped foster this, uh, foster his growth here? Or did he just come out? Well, I think, I think it was a combo of things. Well, so he was four when I, four and five, when I did Shark Tank and I had a big thing about telling him about every aspect of the business as I started it. Like he knew budgeting, he knew everything about the business and, you know, I, I had, plan to do Shark Tank. And if it hadn't gone well, I figured it had a benefit because Alex could see me, you know, not do well on television and get up and do something else. So he might yeah. not have as much fear of failure, you know, and, but it went really well. So that was good. But, um, so he already had the mindset about making things and that you can get an idea, bring it to life, you know, and, and, that side of it but then we back a lot of projects on kickstarter so we buy a lot of games off of kickstarter so he knew about games and i think he had seen i think we looked up exploding kittens once and i think they did like eight million dollars i can't remember what it was and you know at the time he was seven had no concept of money other than that's a huge number and so he just came up with the idea to do a game called taco versus burrito and do a kickstarter for it and he had no idea how to play the game he just knew the name he knew what he wanted to do and he knew he wanted to do a kickstarter and i was like Dude, you can just make it for your friends. You can just make it on paper. You don't have to do a Kickstarter, but he was adamant about it. And so I kind of laid out, well, here's all the crap you're going to have to do to do that. And he just started working through things each day. And I think the reason it actually came together was that we had a good structure. We walked our dog to the coffee shop on Saturday and Sunday. My husband would sleep in. I'm an early riser. So my son and I would walk to the coffee shop. 
and we would take the latest version of his game and another game. And we would play the other game first and then we would play the latest version of his game. And then on the way back, he'd have ideas of things to change. And we did that for like six months and it all came together. That's amazing. So, yeah. I don't think it would have worked had we said, we're sitting down to make a game. Now everybody, yeah. like, I think you'd, you'd, re, you'd, you'd hate it as a kid after a while. You know, you'd be like, I don't wanna do this. But we had to walk the dog. We didn't have a choice. So <laughs> it just kind of happened. Man, yeah, I love that. that that's a good story. Um, so he figured out, the, he wanted to do the Kickstarter thing. Now, had you done one before that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did a Kickstarter for Good Hangup. So he knew about that. And like I said, we were back a ton of games on there. We liked watching the videos okay. and we liked being an early backer of things. We had backed a couple of other things off of, of um, Indiegogo and Kickstarter and, you know, yeah. So it's been really fun. Nice. Do you have any, uh, any advice for someone who might be listening and, and be interested in, in using Kickstarter? Kickstarter is a tricky beast. You know, it works great for games. You know, we've had a lot of luck. We've done two now with the other game we did, which we called Bold Made. We did recently, and that one did really, really well comparative to the first. We just didn't know what to expect with Taco versus Burrito. Um, I think my advice would be, you know, remember that if you see someone go over $100,000, they have ads. They're running ads. They're working with an agency of some sort. So don't have too high of expectations. But I think Kickstarter is brilliant because you get super fans who are happy to start with you. They'll give you great feedback. It's like a little mini focus group that pays you to do the work. So. Nice. It's, it's a ton of work. It is really a ton of work. And you are putting yourself out there. It's not for, for everyone, but I think it's a great model. It's You learn so much. And everything that you do in the Kickstarter, once you go over to like an Amazon or another, all of that work pays off because you have the videos, you have the graphics, you have everything. So it um, it translates well. And for games, Specifically, it goes really well in when you bring it over to Amazon. So, okay. Yeah, I like the way that you mentioned, you know, going through the Kickstarter process sets you up for Amazon. Once you get there, you already have the videos, yeah. you have a brand, you know who your audience is. Um, so, you can plug a lot and of that launch, stuff in. And launch is great too, because if you've already got fans, when you bring it over to Amazon and you let your Kickstarter backers know it's on Amazon now. Games are giftable. So people will think, oh, I'll get that. I really like that game. I'll get it for a friend. I'll get it for this. We like to launch like kind of November-ish so that on Amazon so that everybody can think, oh, I need to give a gift. I'll get that game. Awesome. And so launch, you know, we don't do the traditional launch strategies a lot of people do for Amazon. It's kind of just, you know, who we already have in our in our group of people who've already backed it. And they're the best people to share it. They're, you know, they feel a pride. I feel it when I back something, I feel like I made this happen. I helped yeah. them and they feel that way about your product. So it's not nothing you can get from a regular customer. I don't think. Right. Maybe yeah. I haven't been able to. <laughs> no, I think that makes sense. Like if you're developing, it's, it sounds like another way to develop a passionate audience. I mean, you know, people totally. were talking about Instagram and Facebook and, you know, right. YouTube and all these channels to develop that it, you don't really hear people talk about that with Kickstarter. Like you're also right. developing a passionate following for your brand. So yeah, totally. I think that's, that's great. Um, yeah. what did it take for you guys to like get, get on Kickstarter? Like, did you have to invest a good amount of money to get in there? Oh, no. or Was it mostly that's just getting the best your hands part. dirty? Kickstarter is the best part. It's, it's all sweat equity and you don't get, you don't need any money do it really you need to be able to show the product in some way so you need a prototype at least that works you know um for games you can actually probably not even have that if you had graphics but um it's really a lot of just work to get it done and then everything is pre-sold so you're essentially funding your first run of of inventory and so you know, other than time, it's, you know, there's not a lot of expense to get started. And even if you did use an agency for ads, which we did for Bold Made this last time, they're usually taking a percentage of the, 
of the revenue they bring in. So you haven't laid things out until you get paid. So I think that's the brilliant part about Kickstarter is as long as you don't go overboard and spend too much before you get started, it's a great way to launch a product, get feedback, get money for your first run of the product and get it out there. It really though needs to be a unique product, meaning games are unique because they're a different kind of game. Um, It won't work for an iteration on something that already exists because people will just go over and buy it on Amazon or something like that. But for good hangups, it was unbelievably helpful because we had originally had two different pack sizes. One was for larger posters and one was for smaller posters, but if it was the larger poster, if it was thick and it was small, it needed the larger ones. It was confusing. I learned it was confusing through the Kickstarter. Now it's going to take me years to learn that that was confusing from customers, but I was able to fix it when I went to ship the product and we just shipped only the one, the larger one. And because we were buying larger quantities, the price came down to where it was equal. The only reason I had two was that I was messing with the price. Okay. Um, so I, I feel like there's so much to be learned. I don't think you should go into Kickstarter with a completely finished product, meaning don't order your inventory before you start the Kickstarter because you want to hear what people are saying, get feedback. It'll change what you do really well. Yeah, that's a great point too. Cause at the end of the day, I mean, that's that's who you're trying to sell the product to, right? Like you wanna right. you wanna make them happy, make it simple for them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we when we did Bold Maid, um, it's a game with, it's a remake of Old Maid and it has amazing women in history in it. And when we did that one, we got a survey to ask people to let us know what women they'd like to see in the game. We had 4,000 people fill out the wow. survey. 4,000 people took the time. It was a long survey to give us information and they went into detail about these women that they were passionate about. You can't get that from just a survey on Instagram or something. You're never going to have that many people who are passionate. People were sharing it around and asking other people to write in. So it's great. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that sounds like a a great asset to like look at, to leverage for anybody's business, um, at least to consider. um, Yeah. There's an opportunity there. Yeah. What was, um, so you guys launched on Kickstarter. Um, You've done the Shark Tank thing. Um, the Today Show. How? When did you decide to finally jump into Amazon, and what did that look like oh, for yeah. you? So I've been doing Amazon a bit with Good Hangups before, but um, when we started doing Taco versus Burrito, um, the game, it was we we over or so we we our plan was for we did the kickstarter it raised about $24,000 and then our plan was to then order like double the inventory we needed and send the rest to Amazon because I had done Amazon for a while um but not in a very active I wasn't doing a ton to manage it because it with good hangups we were doing big box retail and a number of other things like in Walmart and we did QVC and things like that We've scaled all that back to be mainly Amazon now because it's just so much easier to manage. Um, But at the time, we just thought, okay, we'll send that inventory into Amazon, that extra inventory for Taco vs. Burrito. I really still didn't know it was going to be what it is now. And it sold out instantly, all of the inventory. And we were like, oh, crap. Okay. So then we ordered more. And every time we were just selling out. And with Amazon, because Amazon is great because people come in with their credit card out. That's what I always think of. Like they're looking for a game. They're looking for a gift. They're looking for something. They're ready. And if we can get, you know, if you have something compelling, you can end up getting, you know, traction. Plus the game has marketing written in it. I mean, built into it. So people play together. So if you come over to my house and I play with you, you might go buy the game. Whereas with good hangups, no one's sitting and talking about how they hung their poster on the wall. They're like, you know, whereas games, people talk about them. So it kind of just started to snowball and we saw the potential of games on Amazon and it grew that next year, it grew to a million dollars the next year. And then this last year it did $3.5 million with just that one skew of a game. So it's a, it's crazy how quickly um, things can evolve. And, and, you know, like I said, it's because 
marketing's built into it, it kind of grows organically as it goes along. So Amazon became the easiest way to do it while, you know, Alex is still an elementary school student. So we, I didn't need a second full-time job. So I really wanted to keep it simple. So we really have a plan to stay simple and not go big retail. I didn't enjoy, Walmart was a lot of work for, for the payoff that was there. Um, and I only did it because I thought I should. And it's yeah. like an honor to get in and and I'm going to stop shooting on myself and just <laughs> do the things that actually work. <laughs> so what did that listing look like when you guys put that put that up? I mean, did you guys do keyword research? Like did, how None. much effort you just. None. There's no keyword. There never was keyword research ever. It was a title. My, my husband is a good writer, so he okay. wrote the copy. And it was written based off of what we learned from the Kickstarter. So okay. it was just, you know, the content, the 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 topic is funny. People are pretty passionate about tacos and burritos. Oh, the yeah. name in of itself has a lot built into it. Plus, then uh, it's made by a seven-year-old. So if you're giving a gift to a seven to 10-year-old, maybe give them the gift of made by a seven-year-old. It's, yeah. it's, it's aspiring, right? So um so I think it had a lot built into it. And to be honest, we are just getting around to optimizing for keywords. But we have so many long tail keywords that it kind of blows my mind because it wasn't on purpose. It was all just out of the interest in the game and who was buying it and what they were buying it, you know, what they were also buying as well. So, you know. Yeah, those it, long it tail uh, keywords can be interesting. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, yeah. it's crazy how many, you know, when that there was a, an issue on Amazon recently where a lot of things got delisted and I was like, I better go and look and see what we were ranking for. And I found over, was it over, I think it was over 2000 words. We ranked under five. Um, wow. Organically. Yeah. Wow. I know. So I was like, and they weren't low volume, all of them. A lot of them were like, you know, there's some strange things we show up in. And again, all accidental. So yeah. people will say like, wow, what are you doing? It's so cool. Like we, we can get to number one times in toys and games. We've done it before. And they're like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we kind of work on a few different things and we do have really good A plus content. And we, we are part of Launchpad. So we get video okay. in line. So you can have video right in the middle of the listing. Okay. Um, which I think makes a huge difference in games. It, it, it gets people compelled. Like there's too many choices. Our competitors are all games, right? So how do you stand out? It's trickier. Yeah, I imagine like in, in you could like have a, people playing the game, right? Like in a video, yeah. like right there on the, the list. Right. That's super cool. That's awesome. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and we used a guy from, we, we basically used our Kickstarter video, which is okay. really this, we used a, we got a Fiverr guy who has this in a world voice. He's like, in a world, blah, blah, blah. And it just, we modeled it very much after Exploding Kittens energy, like the way they do their video. I mean, those guys are brilliant, both, you know, the, the, the graphic person and then the game developer, they just brilliant. So we kind of look at what they do. And while you wouldn't be able to tell we're modeling after what they do, because we don't have the same content at all. right? Right. But what they do is so well done. We can model after their video. You can't tell, but it's the energy, the pacing, the yeah. way that they do it is so cool. Yeah. You know, that's that what you just described is what took me a long time to really like put a finger on and identify when it came to like branding. Um, yeah. Cause it's just like, Oh, when you start, I started out on Amazon. So like, I didn't know cool. much about branding at all. You yeah. know, like I was selling other people's products. They had already developed them. And then when I stepped into the world of creating my own stuff and, you know, you start to get asked questions by people who are developing logos and brand books right. and stuff. And, you know, it was like a year of struggling with that stuff for me to really understand marketing. And like you, you said, right. like pacing and the tone of voice and exactly I, what I figured out is you can, for lack of a better word, copy someone yeah. else. But if you have your own brand in mind, your own vision, it's not really 
copying. It's more like inspiration right. and exactly. Yeah, I call it your following. spirit. We we when I do Kickstarters, we always find spirit Kickstarters. That's what I call it. Okay. You find the the Kickstarter that evokes the fling, or or and it might be two or three different ones combined that say like, oh yeah, this energy of this game on in this video, and each game is different. That's what I want to evoke. Like I want to, I want that feeling to come through in the video and the graphics and the things. So, you know, no one can tell that you're doing it because you're just, you're using, you know, what you respond to in that content to help give you a roadmap on what you need to do. And nobody could tell unless you're doing the exact same product in the exact same category. No one will ever know. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like, you know, and I wouldn't expect that these cloning kittens have ever, people have ever thought, you know, oh, this is an exact, like their video is paced exactly like ours because the content is different. Yeah. It reminds me of a book that I, I like the title, but I also never read. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the same here. What is it? Steel, it's called Steal Like an Artist. Have you oh, heard of that yeah. one? Yeah. No, I haven't, but that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I I like that one. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, if you feel uncomfortable with the stealing, you could say I I was inspired by something, but, but it really is helpful for, you know, kind of mapping it out to the point where if I see a video, I really like, I will write down, I will pace it out and write it down each word that they say in order at the time they say it. And then I will craft my copy to my video exactly the same. Yep. Different content, but paced in a similar way. So I achieve that same feeling. Yeah, I think that's a good tip for like if if someone's listening right now and, and you're struggling with this idea of how to do that. I've done this before too, where you you take it and you uh, you if you have a dual monitor or something, you put it up on one monitor and you type out your thing. And you just yeah. try and mimic, like you try and, I think you touched on it. You try to evoke that same feeling that you felt when it captured your attention. Exactly. And exactly. if you can make that, exactly. that's kind of, in my opinion, that's like the shortcut, right? Like if you want right. to do a shortcut to figure out how you're going to get this process started, um, that exactly. that's a good way to do it. It's helped me um, because that's totally. usually what I need is just like, a, I need to just get a get kicked off a little bit, you know, kick me off a little bit and then I'll get, I'll get going with it. Yeah. It it turns into a template, you know, and if you, if you stay true to that and that's where your starting point is, then you can enhance it with whatever you decide to do next. Like we don't, our content doesn't look anything like exploding kittens today in our listing because we've evolved from, and we've realized what works for our content. But when we started with the video or the Kickstarter the actual Kickstarter, we wanted to make sure we described the game. They did such a good job. We want to make sure we get that approach. You know, their rewards are really clear. We want to make sure we get that. So we're going to use that as an inspiration to kind of just build off of it. Um, To the point that I have Illustrator out open, I use Illustrator a lot and I will have their version or a version of something of, of another, it's not always that one. It could be, you know, like for Bold Made, there was a really good book called um, uh, called Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls. And it's all these amazing women in history. So you can really use that same content structure because we're doing something similar. It's a game, it's a book, they're very different, but there we're all talking about celebrating women. So it's kind of a nice way to be able to do it. But I'll, I'll have Illustrator open and I'll just, put it behind a layer and develop off of the top. Wow. And it doesn't look anything the same, but I can get a sense of like, oh, I just want to model here. Like I want my length of this to be the same. Um, so yeah. Awesome. That's a good right tip that. as well. I never got too comfortable with Adobe. That was one of those things, you know, I've always wanted to try and be good at everything. And I, I gave it up a while ago. <laughs> oh, do it. Yeah. They're great graphic designers who can do this all day. I, I tend to do too much of it because I enjoy it. You know, yeah. like I can get in there and again, I have an amazing graphic designer who can do this way better than me, but I can, I, I, I've not found that balance yet to not go down that route. It's just fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Design is fun when you, when you, uh, create something great and you, you know, you realize you started from nothing basically, and you whipped up this thing. It's, it's pretty cool. 
Mm -hmm. Oh, Leslie. So you've, uh, you've got good hangups, bold made, uh, taco versus burrito. And so those are the three ones you've, you've got going on now. That's the main stuff we've got going. Yeah. Nice. So how do you balance all of that, you know, with work and family and, and keep it all going? That's a tricky one. And that is something I'm actively trying to work on. That was probably one of the main reasons we brought on an operations manager was just, you know, knowing that the day-to-day is covered by someone else, that I can step away more, um, someone with more expertise than me, which is often I've been the one with the most expertise in the business and that's uh, in an area like, and it that makes it hard to walk away. So I needed to hire up versus what I ended up hiring usually before I'd be cheap and I'd hire yeah. junior, more junior people. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, with that now doing that, it's, you know, making the time so that, you know, when my son wants to play chess and beat me again, every time I swear, I'm going to get better at chess someday, but I'm not there yet anyway. But, uh, but when, you know, he, you know, he's, he's turning 11. So I, I'm realizing I have limited time left where he's going to want to even hang out with me. So, you know, right now it's about trying to find a way to be available for, you know, whatever he's in the zone to do and just enjoy every second because there's not many left before he grows up. And maybe yeah. takes over the business. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you won't want to hang out with him anymore. You'll be like, no, nah, you got yeah. work to do, man. <laughs> Mom's going out. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. Mom's got to go get her drink on. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It's, uh, but it's pretty funny. So yeah. Balance is probably, I think a lot of people struggle with this. How do you handle balance? Do you. Yeah. You know, we, uh, just kind of like you said, like make time for them, like to do the things they want to do. Right. Like if your son, my son likes to play video games and he gets excited when I play video games with him. So instead of trying to give him a life lesson about why he shouldn't play video games all the time or something like that, I just, you know, spend 20 or 30 minutes with them and play. The one thing I've realized with kids, like, you can do something for five minutes with them and they'll talk about it for a year. Oh, you know, like true. they just, they get excited. They remember things. Um, but yeah, I, I've got three kids, so it's, it's tough. Wow. That's a lot to, that's a, that's a lot of attention to give. Yeah. Like I, I, uh, I, that's impressive. That's great. And I, I, w- I saw a post recently, didn't your, wasn't, wasn't one of your, your children into karate? Or? Yeah. Yeah. My son's yeah. in taekwondo and he just won an award in a that's tournament so that he Yes. That's he did. so cool. Yeah. You look so happy. I, I mean, you know, you can see when people really enjoy their kids and enjoy their time. So that's great. And that's a really good point. Yeah. If you, if you beat them where they're at, it's, I think that was the thing with the game. He wanted to make the game. I went with him where he was going, wherever he, in the past, when he has had ideas, we go where you're going. Like yeah. if you have, you want to create something, we'll go there. He's now making weird movies that are yeah. <laughs> very strange, very strange. Um, and, uh, but, but he's also very into anime. So like, if I, like you said, if I sit down for, you know, you know, a 20 minute anime with him once, it's like, I've said, you're valid. It's awesome. You're yeah. great. And now he can tell me all the things about yeah. it and not feel like he's just trying to educate someone who knows nothing. I've even taken some ideas from the traction book, the EOS system, oh. and kind of applied them to my family nice. a little bit. Like how? <laughs> like, like, like what way? In what way? I mean, I heard somebody mention that. Maybe it was you who'd mentioned that. Yeah, the, yes, we were doing like morning it. meetings. We would have a more, I have a big giant whiteboard in the house. So we would do like oh, morning wow. meetings and like we would do our segue, like, uh, you know, talk, our segue was what we were grateful for today. So you would say one thing you're grateful for. Um, we'd have a weekly goal and you'd have like a couple things on your to-do list that would help you meet your weekly, uh, goal. So it was, you know, we kind of, we snuck some, some goal setting, uh, training in there, but really in my mind, it was just something to bring us all together at the beginning of the day. And then at the end of the day, again and just communicate with each other and talk about what went well what could have gone better uh what you're grateful for that's awesome 
So yeah, the grateful that. part is so great for kids. Like if they yeah. can pull themselves out of things and say like what they're really grateful for. But I think that's genius in that like as they grow up, that'll those things stick in a different yeah. way. Like so there may be in it, they might you might not even continue it, but later on when they're in a business setting, they might go, you know what, we need to do that. I have instinct around this. Yep. That's so cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. It's it's definitely brought us closer together and it's something to look yeah. forward to. And just knowing like with how busy a lot of us are, you know, it's like it kind of at first I saw, it felt kind of bad to be like, well, I got to pencil in my family to my schedule here. But in reality, it's a good yeah, idea. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, you're making. So true. We, yeah, we do that for work. We do it for ourselves. Like, in my opinion, we should do it for our family first for me, Agreed. you know, and, and then build our lives around that. Um, so yeah, it, it's been I think working that's for so me. Great. I love it. You know, Alex, uh, when we got an EOS implementer, um, I had to pick somebody specifically who would work with a 10 year old okay. because he's, you know, he is technically the visionary, yeah. you know, I want to sit with him in his role, but like for that, like, so it was really funny. Those early, you know, like, you know, when we were developing the vision mission and all that stuff, <laughs> it was just really funny. He was like, this is lame. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, we had man, to kind of pull funny. it out of him in a different way of like in different things. But, you know, it was really funny, but it will stick with him later. And he'll be glad we have EOS because when he goes to take it over, he doesn't have to run the day to day. He can have yeah. people and the structure will be there. That was part of the goal is not to hand off a hot mess to my child. That's all I really want to do is no hot mess. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> so great. We'll I mean, that's, uh, you know it's just such a great setup for him. You know, that that's amazing. I look forward to hopefully following his journey a little more and getting to know him a little better. Yeah. I'm sure he's already an amazing person and just going to grow up and become, you know, just absolutely wonderful. I mean, it's just so amazing. Yeah. That he's been he's able to a joy. He's a joy. Let's see what he does with these movies. They can get crazy. Yeah. And awesome. Uh, that, that might be his future. Who knows? But let's see. Yeah, we'll it's see. It's fun when you, don't you find that's fun when you don't know what your kids will, where your kids will go with their ideas. Like you see little elements of them at a certain age. And I kind of almost hope he doesn't do games. Like he goes into something else because, you know, he's kind of done it now at yeah. this age. And, and I would hope he would always be learning and trying and doing new things. So if he wants to sell the business later or if he just wants to have someone else manage it, that's great. Yeah, well, it sounds like you're setting him up to be in a good position to make those moves in, in the future, which, you know, is amazing. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> you never know as a parent. You never, you know. Just never know. Yeah, you never know with kids. <laughs> well, Leslie, it has been amazing to sit down and have a conversation with you. I'm so Yay. grateful that you came on uh, to the podcast. And um, man, before we sign off, you got got one piece of advice for anybody listening. Maybe if you had to like, if you had to go back and you're starting uh, over again, is there something you would do differently or? I would just say, feel the fear and do it anyway. If you've got, if you're listening to this, you didn't decide to listen unless you're, this is compassion. You're, this yeah. is passion for you. You're not, you're not just kind of like, should I start a business? Shouldn't I, you know, if you, if you're thinking to start it, feel fear, do it anyway. And then now my best piece of advice is if you grow to a million dollars, join the million dollar seller club. It's amazing. <laughs> it is so great. The amount of knowledge, it's like having a, um, an amazing board of directors that will do work for you and help you. Like when you, when you have something happen and you can go to that group of brilliant people, it just is amazing. So that's my advice. Awesome. Thank you, Leslie. Well, uh, once again, thanks a lot for coming on. Great chatting with you. Looking forward to doing it again and I'll be talking to you soon. Yeah. Great. Thank you for having me. This is so Yeah, awesome. absolutely. Are you a million dollar seller looking to network with like-minded entrepreneurs? Apply for membership now at milliondollarsellers.com. Leave us a review and subscribe now so you don't miss out on next week's episode.